And the wine failing, the mother of Jesus saith to him, They have no wine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. We've really been centering all of our attention these last few weeks on the Christ child, rightfully so, because he was born not only to save us from sin, but also to show how infinitely he loves us, so that we in turn might be moved to love him. As St. Bernard put it, he has made known his love that he may experience yours. But all this time, Our Lady has very modestly remained in the background, pondering each mystery and keeping them in her heart, as the Gospels tell us. But today, the light shines upon her, and she seems almost to take center stage, doesn't she? But she does this not to attract attention to herself, but except to better point the way to her son, because that is Our Lady's way and how she does it. Mother of Christ, Tower of David, Tower of Ivory, Queen of Angels and of Patriarchs and Prophets, Queen assumed into heaven. By now, I'm sure you've all heard these titles. You must pray your litany of Loretto every day. But have you ever heard Our Lady called a sweetheart? Well, it's not a very theological title like these others, but if you know the Cajun Catholics down in Louisiana, who are among the most kind-hearted, down-to-earth, long-suffering people that do exist in America, well then, you know and understand that this title is one of endearment, not merely of sentiment. So here's the story. It was Good Friday, 1788, and a great fire broke out in New Orleans, and it was so terrible that it destroyed 856 of the city's 1,100 buildings. Well, the superior of a group of Ursuline nuns ordered all of her sisters and their students to leave and flee for safety. But an elderly nun, Sister St. Anthony, she took a small statue of Our Lady. It stands about 12 inches tall. She climbed upstairs to the second floor. The superior, Mother Superior followed her and saw Sister St. Anthony put the statue on the windowsill facing out the window towards the fire. And then she knelt and she prayed, O Lady of Prompt Succor, save us or we are lost. Now the official account of what happens next says, at that very instant, the wind veered and the flames were blown back over their path of destruction and soon died out. And in this way, by means of this miracle, both the convent and the rest of the city were spared. And so then when others spoke of Our Lady's intercession on that, at that moment, the sisters would always reply in their Cajun sweetness, Our Lady, 
She is such a sweetheart. And indeed she is. And this was not the only miracle that this sweetheart of ours, Our Lady of Prompt Succor, would work down in Cajun country. Two other answered prayers are well documented and well known. The first is this. Mother Saint Michel, an Ursuline in France, needed some quick help. You see, her, her cousin, who was with the Ursuline nuns in New Orleans, had founded a school in 1727, a girls' school, and later on, towards her, her later years, she was in badly, she was in bad need of help, so she called Mother Saint Michel in France to help. Only the bishop wouldn't let Mother go, but he did end by giving her permission to call the Pope if she wished. Now the Pope was Pius VII, and he was, for political reasons, it was during the French Revolution, he was kept a prisoner in the Vatican by Napoleon. And so getting any kind of an answer from him was pretty much impossible. But Mother Superior sat down to pray, and she said, Oh Mary, if you obtain a prompt and favorable answer to my letter, I promise to have you honored in New Orleans as Our Lady of Prompt Succor. Well, she wrote the Pope, and she got an answer, despite all the limited communications caused by the revolution. Not only was the answer prompt, it was also favorable. The Pope simply wrote, please go. Your mission is in the new world now. Oh, but there is more. Years later, there was a, a battle fought in New Orleans. The British army prepared to attack the city, and General Andrew Jackson asked the sisters and the rest of the residents in the city to leave for safety. His own troops were inadequately equipped and badly outnumbered. Some say that they were outnumbered 15,000 to 6,000 by the British, who were also very highly trained military men, whereas the Americans, they weren't. So, but the sisters couldn't leave, and they told General Jackson that. So he asked them, well, if you can't leave, then remain here and pray for us. This is what the history, which is written down in the documents of the Ursuline convent, says. The night of January 7th was spent in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. Our chapel was continuously thronged with pious ladies, all weeping and praying at the foot of Our Lady of Prompt Succor. And there, as a mother in the midst of her sorrowing children, did Mary listen to their supplications and plead their cause with the heart of her divine Son. Mother Superior, during all this, made the promise that if the city were spared, she would see to it that a mass of thanksgiving would be celebrated on this day for every single year. As dawn came, 
the bishop was offering Holy Mass, and just at the moment of the communion of the Mass, a messenger ran into the chapel and announced that the battle had been won in only about 25 minutes, and New Orleans was safe. The Te Deum, the hymn of thanksgiving, was then sung. And later, Pope Leo XIII allowed this feast to be celebrated in Louisiana. Well, Andrew Jackson came back to thank the sisters for their prayers, and he attributed his victory to them. But really, the true miracle is that the Americans only lost 13 soldiers that day, whereas the British lost, including capture and everything, over 2,000. We are always interested in, in these types of stories and sometimes surprised by them. I'm not really sure, though, why we're so often surprised by these miraculous stories, because after all, Our Lady's been doing this since the time that she walked on this earth. Remember that it was through her that St. John the Baptist was miraculously cleansed of original sin in the womb of his mother. Remember, too, that <clears throat> it was through her that at the foot of the cross, St. John received an increase of faith. And never forget that through her, our Lord worked his very first miracle, the changing of the water into wine. Only on that occasion, she didn't wait to be asked by anyone. As soon as she saw the need that they had run out of wine, she immediately set to work by, her, by making her petitions known to her son. So indeed, she really is a sweetheart who anticipates our every need. And she is likewise a mother whose prayers are said to be omnipotent. Now, lest any of you think that this is all a bunch of fluff and mere pious sentiment, religious feeling, and that all Our Lady, do, that all Our Lady does, she doesn't notice your needs, let alone take care of your needs. Let me remind you, though, of one of those theological reasons why the power of Our Lady's prayer is omnipotent. Garrigou Lagrange, a famous Dominican theologian, writes that since Mary is the mother of men, she does know all of their spiritual needs. Also, all theologians say that the happiness of the saints in heaven would not be complete if they did not know what happens on earth to those they knew because of their office or their role or their relations to men. Such knowledge, Garrigou goes on to say, is a desire which must be fulfilled in heaven for their beatitude to be complete. So, for examples, fathers and mothers in heaven 
know the needs of their children. Founders of religious orders know the needs of, <clears throat> of those orders. Deceased pastors, they know the needs of their parish, the parishes they took such good care of, and so on and so forth. Now, as mother of all men, Our Lady must know, for her beatitude to be complete, all that bears, <clears throat> directly or indirectly, upon our salvation. He says that she knows our thoughts and our desires, the dangers in which we are, the graces which we need, the temporal affairs which have some connection with our salvation. Our Lady knows every single one of them. This, he says, is a, is a prerogative that belongs to her because she is mother of God and mother of men. The saints, too, well, they're full of charity. So when Our Lady, perfected in charity, above all the other saints, when she sees a need of one she loves, she immediately flies to that person's aid. This, you must believe, it is the faith, and this you must practice. If you've forgotten to go to Our Lady, begin now, once again, to go to her. After all, she's our sweetheart, as the Cajuns call her, and she is the mother of God and the mother of all men. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.